0: truth that there is no one like you and that the glory does belong to you and in the middle of what's often chaotic and uh, often so much that we don't understand it's it's great to have our attention focused back on you who you are and what you're really all about thank you that we can trust you thank you that your will and your plan will be worked out in your people no matter what happens and thank you that ultimately you're in control of your church and you have a plan for your church and we get to be part of that. I pray in the next few moments as we look in the word of God that you would by your spirit speak to our hearts. Thank you for this place that we have to meet today and thank you for the opportunity that we have to look into your word and to listen to it and to do that in freedom. I pray that you would bless our time together. I pray that you would be pleased with our meeting together in your name. Amen. If you've been with us over the last little while, you know that we've been going through the Bible one uh, book at a time, doing one sermon from each book, and uh, I, uh, this morning, am in the book of Amos, this little book in in the middle, I mean, one of the minor prophets, it it just means he's a shorter book, Um, and if you this week were with me and you were reading Amos, you were looking at the book of Amos, uh, you realized the same thing I did, and that's this, that once again... It's doom and gloom. I, I, if you read this week, I read this getting ready to study, and I'm like, really? This is, Mike just did this. I just did it the week before. We're back here again. And God had a lot to say about judgment, about getting his people's attention, and little, this little book of Amos does that once again, and I, I, as a title for this, I wrote this down. How do, how do we know what is true? How do we know what is true? It fits the day and age we live in, doesn't it? How do we know uh, what is true and what is right? This little book of Amos is just like Hosea in terms of its warning of coming judgment. And, and why Amos is writing this is because the northern kingdom, remember that the nation of Israel at this point was in two kingdoms, right? The kingdom of the southern kingdom, which was Judah, the nation of Judah, and then the, the nation of Israel, which was the northern kingdom. And the northern kingdom at this point was experiencing unprecedented time of prosperity, huh? Lots and lots of money floating around. Enjoyment, entertainment. People had all that they needed. They were living a life of privilege. They were a people of privilege. Materially, they had more than they needed. Sound like anything you know? I'm stopping for a minute. Yeah, it's us unprecedented. There's never been a time when a society has lived with so much. Never. I I did some digging when I was thinking about this. The United States last year spent $25 billion on entertainment, $2,913 a person. You go, I didn't do that. Well, okay, so somebody spent more than you. $20 billion we spent. This is the U.S. This is not, this is just the U.S., $20 billion on toys. 459, those were kids' children's toys. $459.8 billion on outdoor activities last year. Did you catch that? $460 billion, that includes... Our, you know, our extracurricular outdoor vehicles that we run around and we have to have all the activities that we did outside last year. Unprecedented. This has never happened before. This is what little Amos is talking about with the nation of Israel, but it's, it's it's repeat, repeat. It's happening right now. But here's the thing that Amos is going to talk about is materially they had everything they could ever want. It was amazing the amount of stuff that was going through the northern kingdom. But spiritually and socially they were corrupt. And Amos was observing the privilege of a people but yet they were so privileged and they were not living out the truths that God had set for them and they were not living out their faith and God had told them to honor him and to care for those around them who were in need and the the countries around them that were in need and they were doing neither. They were living for themselves, wanting more, Never spent very much time watching commercials commercials tell you all the things that you don't have that you need to make you happy or a better one of the thing that you already have but if you had the newest version of the thing that you already have you'll be happier still and you're not happy with the version or you don't use the version that you already have but we don't think that way or it's selling you a drug that's going to make you happier one or the other wow Little Amos, this small book, it could have been written today. Could have been written today. So who is Amos? Well, Amos, and I love this guy because of my own background. Here's Amos. He's a farmer prophet. (laughs) Great guy. Gotta be. He's a farmer prophet. He tells us that in Amos chapter 7. He says this, I was not a prophet nor the son of a prophet. Rather, I was a herdsman and I took care of sycamore figs, but the Lord took me from following the flocks and he said to me, go and prophesy to my people Israel. And I love this because this is so common of what God does in our lives. He takes us in the middle of where we are and what we're doing in life. And if we're open to him, and he's done this all throughout history, if we're open to him, he touches our heart and our life and he says, hey, look, In the middle of what you're doing, I have a mission for you. I have something I want you to do, and I want you to speak up, and I want you to say this to this group of people, or I I want you to be this example in your family. I want you to be the one who makes a difference, and that's what Amos is. Here's a guy who's just, he's herding flocks, and he's looking after the ground, and he's caring for produce, and God shows up, and he says, Hey, Amos, I've got a message for you to speak, and, and I want you to do something special for me. He wants to do that in all of our lives too, folks. It's the common everyday that God loves to use to make a huge difference for his kingdom. Amos probably knew who Jonah was and Elisha. He was around the same time frame as Isaiah and Micah and Hosea. And he came from the southern kingdom of Judah and God sent him to the northern kingdom to warn them of what God was about to do. And let me just tell you something. you got to understand that the nation of Israel is split. They're not getting along. And so when this young guy or this guy Amos goes to talk to the northern kingdom, he's not well received. They they don't like him. These two kingdoms were not friendly. and, And there's two kings right now, Uzziah and Jeroboam II. This is about 764 BC, somewhere in that time. And Amos shares five visions of judgment. And Mike actually talked about one from Hosea. Remember, same time frame. But he shares five different visions of judgment that's going to happen to the nation of Israel. One is locusts that are going to come, which Mike did a great job talking to us about that last week. Fire that was going to come. And he talks about a basket of fruit and he shows them a picture of this basket of fruit that's going to rot. It's, gonna, it's not going to last. All of that great produce, it's, it's going to disappear on them. The Lord beside the altar and God going to judge because of their sin and their disobedience. And then he shows them in the middle of that a plumb line that talks about truth. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to spend a few moments Taking some observations from a plumb line in our life. Let me read a verse or two from Amos chapter 7, verses 7 to 9. It says this. He showed me this. The Lord was standing there by a vertical wall with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord asked me, what do you see, Amos? And I replied, a plumb line. And the Lord said, I am setting a plumb line among my people, Israel, and I will no longer spare them. Isaac's high places will be deserted and, the Israel, and Israel's sanctuaries will be in ruins, and I will raise up against or rise up against the house of Jeroboam with a sword. I want you to know something that these few verses are talking about God looking at the nation of Israel, and He has every right. I, I want you to get this because often we go, God's not fair. God doesn't love me. He's doing things in my life, He doesn't care about me. And God's judgment here is very fair. This isn't, this isn't God speaking out of turn. This is God being very honest with the people, and he's going to use Amos to do that. And he, he says, look, I have a way of measuring your life and showing you what is right or what is wrong in your life, and, and I want to show you that, that what you're doing is, is not right. And so he takes a plumb line. Now, there was a plumb line was used to show you what was vertically what was up and down what was right and they still use a plumb line today I've got kind of a, a, a cross between a plumb line a plumb line often was a bra- a piece of brass that had a shape it could tie a, a rope on the top of it or a string on the top of it and it comes down to a point well they they make our chalk lines now that are kind of like that the point isn't quite great enough to be really precise but a plumb line simply does this I'm going to try to do this without getting chalk all over me which is good luck a plumb line our chalk line is made to do the same thing you can lock it so it won't keep going it won't keep going but what you do is when you hold that up and I'm not very tall so so this is going to be a struggle for some of you to see but you hold this up and this plumb line when it stops is going to point exactly straight below where my hand is that's all it does it's very simple it tells you what is straight what is what is plum, what is true, right? Now, when we look at things often, and, and we, we're looking at, like, say, a two-by-four, and unless you're really special, you would look at that two-by-four, and if I held that up, I mean, how many of you would say that's plum? Some of you have a great eye. My wife would look at that, and she would tell me very quickly, uh, you know, if I was out by a 16th, and believe me, she would know if I was out by a 16th, Okay she's she's good but some of us in this room we would look at that and we wouldn't know we've come up with another form of a plumb line we've come up with something called a level it just speeds us up we don't have to wait for the the little bob on the bottom to start stop moving we can just use a level and we can put a level on something and you sitting out does that look plumb to you to no, don't don't cheat I know it's a long way away but some of you have good eyes does that look plumb to you some of you are going no some of you are going yes how about that? I look plumb to you. It's still not quite there. I can see the bubbles still touching the line. You don't know that. But see, I can get it perfect. There it is. That's perfect. And what a level does or a plumb line does is it tells us when something is where it's supposed to be, when it's true, when it's level. And you think, well, why does that matter all that much? I mean, this old two-by-four that's standing here, well, when you're building, it matters a lot. Because a little bit out at the bottom is a lot out at the top, right? Maybe you haven't built, but believe me, I know. A little bit out at the bottom is a lot, a lot out at the top. And so God was using Amos to show his people that there is a way to know What is right? There is a way of doing the right thing. There is a way to live your life that is right. And I want you to live according to that plumb line. I want, you, I want you to know what is right, what is true, and I want you to live your life according to that line that I set. And for the nation of Israel, he had set that plumb line through the law. He had given them the law. He had taken all kinds of opportunity in the past with the nation of Israel to say, look, here's what is true. Here's what is right. He'd given them the 10 commandments. He had given them all kinds of prophets beforehand who came and said, look, here it- is this is the plumb line this is the way i need you to live life don't mess with it and like us so often we choose our own line it's close it's almost to truth it's my choice And so Amos shows up with this group of people and he begins to tell them, look, God is going to set this plumb line and he's going to show you once again what is true. And just so you know what went on with poor Amos, um, people didn't like it. And they asked him to leave. Go back to where he came from. Don't tell us how to live life. And I need you to know something that if you choose to live by the truth, And you choose to do what is right, and you choose to to take the word of God as your plumb line, people aren't going to like it. And the farther that we go in the day and age that we live, the less people are going to like it. And that's what happened to poor Amos. If we spend much time living by a plumb line, we will not be popular and we live in a day in an age where everybody is trying to live out their own truth, their own way. And if you live according to the truth of the word of God, you will illuminate what is wrong and what is false and what is chaotic, and people will not like it. See, principles or truth are foundational systems of belief and lead to good behavior or right behavior. Someone has said that principles or truth are like the rocks that a lighthouse sits on. And you can't break those rocks. You can only break yourself or your boat against those rocks. You can crash into them as much as you want. But that lighthouse and those rocks stay true. And the same is true with the truth of the word of God. Those principles that set up the plumb line of God's truth. Now obviously in this vision that Amos had, the wall that he was putting his level against or he was holding his plumb line, at wasn't plumb, it was not true, it was out of whack. And it's easy to see sometimes when we're looking from a long way away, if I were to hold this way off, it's easy from you, even at the very back, if your eyes are not all that great, to go, that is not Right? But it's difficult when it's just a little way off for us to tell that. And so Amos takes what God had given to him, the word that he had given, and he begins to tell the people that, look, the way you're living is not right. So how can you and I tell when our life is off just a little bit? And you may be sitting here this morning saying, well, Pastor Tim, why does it matter that much? Well, I'm going to use it from building. If I'm building something, if a wall is just a little bit out, then when I go to set my rafters, guess what? They don't fit right. And if I put my rafters on on a wall that's a little bit out and they don't fit right, then the overhang, I don't know if you know what that is, but the overhang on the outside of the building now is at a square. And if the overhang is at a square, guess what? The soffit that goes underneath the overhang is now at a square and every piece has to be cut. I've been there, Mike, have we been there? Every piece has to be cut individually because the overhang is not square. And if the overhang is not square and the soffit's not right, then the fascia on the front, guess what? It's not right either. One little bit down at the very bottom causes a problem at the top that often is very huge and sometimes really hard to overcome. And it's very obvious to the naked eye. So how do we know what is true? How do we keep in our own lives from this happening to us? We're not different or any much different or if any different than the people that Amos was talking to when he wrote this little note, this little letter. Well, I want to help you stay true in your life. And I want to use building to help you do that. I want to start by talking to you about the groundwork if we're going to build a building down on our site, then we're going to have to do a bunch of groundwork in order to lay that building out correctly. And and there's going to be a bunch of dirt that has to come in and we're gonna, we're going to lay that dirt out and we're going to compact that dirt and we're going to make sure that it's good and level. It's like our own lives, all of us God says it this way, that all of us are sheep who have gone astray. We've all gone our own way. We're all sinners in need of a standard to show us what is right. We all have a sin problem, a sin sickness that leads to death. And that sickness, that sin sickness is a broken ground. It's a ground that's not level and it's not firm and it's not compacted. And it's not ready for anything yet. And every one of us without God is that person. We're ground that is unready for anything to be built on it because it's unlevel. It's not true. It won't hold anything. And God has to prepare that soil of our heart. He has to come in and begin to grade that out and level that out and get it ready. And once God has done that work of getting our hearts and our souls ready, he begins to pour a foundation in our life. And that foundation is the solid starting point of God for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. You can probably quote that with me. Why? So that you and I could have eternal life. That's the foundation that's being built on some ground that's been prepared, a heart that's been prepared, a heart that realizes its need of a savior. And Jesus Christ is that savior who builds that foundation in your life, in my life. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. That's the foundational point. The foundational point is the person of Jesus Christ. And when I realize my need, my sin that has made me unready, unfit for a foundation, and I yield my life and my heart to Jesus Christ, God says this, that Jesus becomes the cornerstone, the starting point, the foundational point that I will build my life on. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you come to that place in your life where you realize you need a Savior? You realize that your life can't handle it? Your life is broken and chaotic? Your life is unstable, unable to do anything on your own that leads to something good in the long term? Well, Jesus Christ is that foundation. He's that starting point. And on that true foundation, that foundation of Jesus Christ, we can build walls and a roof. I was thinking of Psalms when I was thinking about building a wall and a roof in my life. Psalm 19 says it this way, The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The commands of the Lord are radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. That's Psalm nineteen seven through 9. Did you notice in there? Did you notice the words in there? The instruction of the Lord. The testimony of the Lord. The precepts of the Lord. The commands of the Lord. The ordinances of the Lord. Where are they all found? Hint. Where are they all found? You tracking with me? Where are they all found? Are you sure? Where are they all? There's some of you don't know yet. Where are they all found? They're all found here, folks. They're all found in the word of God. Some of you are still out there. If I'm going to build the walls and they're going to be level and they're going to be true, he says this. Look, the instruction of the Lord, it's perfect. It renews you. It changes you. The testimony is trustworthy. It makes inexperienced people, that's me, that's you, we're inexperienced. It makes us wise. The precepts of the Lord are always right, making the heart glad. The commands of the Lord are radiant. They bring joy to our lives. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. You want walls of your life and a roof of your life that is true, that is right, that is upright, that is sturdy, that is strong, then folks, the place you've got to go is right here. It's the word of God. Because everything that you and I need to build a life that is plumb, as Amos says, is found in the word of God. And when we build on this, we end up with a finished house that is good to look at. The Bible tells us this, that when we build on the word of God, we become like him, made in his image, living out the person of Jesus Christ for others to see in us. We become like him. We have the ability not only to know what's true, but to live out truth every day. We have a a level that we can put up against our life and go, Tim, are you a little off the bubble? (laughs) Don't you laugh, because you are too. Are you living truth or aren't you? Are you living your own stuff or are you following God's? We have that in our hands. You have it available every day of your life. Think for a moment how easy it is to go sideways, though. How easy it is to mess up. Let me walk you through it. You can get all the groundwork right, right. It can be perfectly leveled, curf- perfectly compacted. But then, when you pour the foundation, you mess up. Ever seen this, Jay? And the foundation's out of level. Built a house one time, I went, I didn't have anything to do with the foundation, I'm just saying it upright. Walked in, started to lay out to cap the foundation, looked at the foundation, and I'm like, that doesn't look right. So Took a few measurements, grabbed a level, and realized that the foundation was out of level by four inches makes it really hard to get a cap on a foundation that's true and flat doesn't it so you can get all the groundwork ready and you can be all ready and go in and pour a foundation that's not true it's not square. It's not level. And you say, what do you, what do you mean, Tim? Well, folks, you can do the groundwork in your heart and your life, and you can say, look, I need somebody different. I, need, I can't live this life on my own. I realize that I'm a sinner. I realize I can't do this. And, and you can realize that and get the ground ready and then walk in and decide, you know what? I'm going to do this thing on my own. I'm going to lay out a foundation on some really good principles of life and and I'm going to do some good things for people and I'm going to lay this all out by being good and doing my best. And your foundation will be out of square and it won't be true and it won't be level because you're the measuring stick. You can come in and do the groundwork and get it all right and put a beautiful foundation by coming to know Jesus Christ. And you can get that foundation perfect and knowing and giving your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. But you can start to build those walls. And as you start to build those walls, you say, hey, it's only out by a quarter of an inch. What does it really matter? We're not building a piano here, right? It's not that fine. We don't have to worry about it. It's only out by a half inch. It doesn't matter. It's only this one corner that's out. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it matters a lot. See, you can start on the foundation of Jesus Christ. In other words, you can come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You can give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. And then once again, decide to do things your own way. And the sad thing is, folks, we do it all the time. God, by his Holy Spirit, speaks to our heart and our life. And we say, yeah, God, I get it, but I'm doing this today. I'm not doing that. And we get out just a little bit. And we get out just a little bit. And then we can get the walls all straight. we got a foundation that's good, and we've been living by the precepts and the principles of the Word of God. And as we're finishing up, we're coming to the end, and we've seen this over and over. If you've been in ministry or you've watched people who have been in ministry for a long time, this is one of the prayers of my heart, guys, just so you know. I've seen people who've come to the end of doing ministry, and at the very end, they decide, I'm done, I give up, I'm walking away. I built on the precepts and the truths of the word of God. I've said yes to God throughout my life, but I've done enough. I've gone far enough. And you don't end up finishing well. I want to finish well. My prayer is that I come to the end and I keep saying yes to God and to the person of God. My prayer for you is that you do the same. You come to the end and you keep saying yes to God and you say yes to the person of God. And the only way that you and I can do that is if we ground ourselves and we wash ourselves and we steep ourselves in the word of God day after day after day after day and we say yes to the spirit of God every day of our lives. 2 Timothy 3.16 says it this way, all scripture is inspired by God and it is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, For training in righteousness so that the man of God, the person of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Folks, you and I can finish well. As Amos came to this group of people and said, there's a plumb line. I'm putting it up against the wall and the wall has a bulge in it. It doesn't have to be this way. You have the truth, folks. For you and I, it doesn't have to be off. It doesn't have to be out of kilter. You have the word of God that will lead you straight and keep you in the way that you should go. You have a level or a plumb line that you can test and check every day of your life. It's yours. It's yours. So I'm going to finish with this. Where are you? Where are you? Are you still on the groundwork? Have you laid a foundation in Jesus Christ? Maybe you haven't done that yet. Are you building walls that are formed by the person of the Holy Spirit, by the truths, the principles of the word of God? Some of you are at the point of finish. Are you finishing well? Where are you? I can't make choices for you. I can only tell you this. God, in his graciousness, has given you everything that you need right here. It's at your disposal. It's at your fingertips. Will you use it? Father, grant us the courage to say yes to your spirit. Give us an ability to live out the truths and the precepts of the word of God in our our life daily. Help us to finish well. In your name, amen.